We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown. We have both the chat room on YouTube channel, 365 Sports. We have the text line as well that's separate. And Brian, thanks for joining us on Sikkim 365 Radio. There is an Notre Dame fan in the 202, I think, area code that thinks you basically almost walk on water when it comes to Notre Dame knowledge and insight. And, I, and you know, he, and, but hey, your Twitter handle has coach in it. Give us a little background on yourself. Well, I think the customer's always right, first of all. That's my motto. <laughs> I love um, it, yeah. I, I actually coached college football for seven years. I coached at the Division Three and 1AA level, so I was a wide receivers and quarterbacks coach. I actually coached my first career playoff game. was actually uh, – I was at Wittenberg College. We came down and played Harden-Simmons. So my first ever oh. playoff game was actually in, in Texas. So, yeah, I did that for seven years. So – we saw Notre Dame earlier, and, and there were, of course, there's a game in which it was like watching people play in the sand because it was so tough and struggle, but they, they won the game, and we saw what they did against Florida State. How did they blow out Wisconsin? What happened there? Because that was impressive, and it was tight until the fourth quarter. Well, I think, you know, Wisconsin's not a team that plays well from behind, and, and they've never been really a good come-from-behind team, and that's been especially true under Graham Mertz because he's just, he hasn't been able to, to pick that offense up, and I think when they, they don't have like a Quintez Cephas. They don't have some of the playmakers, Troy Fumagalli, the, the tight end, some of the kids that they've had pass that allow them to have a, you know, a, a pretty good complementary passing attack. They don't really have that. So, you know, once Notre Dame was able to, to really, it was a three-series swing for me. It was the kick return that gave Notre Dame the lead back. Then they forced a quick punt by, by the Wisconsin offense. And then the, the Notre Dame offense went down and scored to make it 24-13. At that point in time, that whole ground and pound and run the clock and limit possessions was out the window because you're now down two scores. And that's when they had to drop back, and then Notre Dame picked Wisconsin off on their next three possessions because when they have to pass, that's just not what they do. So Notre Dame being able to build that fourth-quarter lead allowed them to get Wisconsin out of their game. And, and then what has been an opportunistic defense all year took over. I mean, look, Notre Dame's had three of their four games. They've had at least two interceptions. They haven't done that for an entire season since 2014. So this wasn't new. They were able to finally get Wisconsin out of their game. 
Brian, after that, the Florida State game where they, you know, that they had to go into overtime for that one, and then the Toledo game where they didn't look good. What's what what's turned the light on for the Irish the last couple weeks? Limiting mistakes. I mean, that was really the big thing. I mean, when you look at that Florida State game, everybody sees the final score and, and they see Florida State being zero and four. But but what often gets lost is Notre Dame was was rolling Florida State off the field in the third quarter. They were up 38-20, and instead of really putting their foot on the gas, they backed off. They went away from the attacking defense. They went away from throwing the ball down the field, and they got out of their groove, and then that let Florida State kind of get back in that game, which I thought was way too early to do that. You look at Toledo, and look, Notre Dame gave up 264 rushing yards in the opener against Florida State. That's terrible. In the three games since, they've given up a combined 259 yards in the three games combined. 67 of those yards came on one play against Toledo. And what was happening is they're in a new defense. There was a lot of technical mistakes, assignment mistakes. And when you play as aggressively as Mark Fre- Marcus Freeman's defense does, and a linebacker misfits or a safety misfits or a, a three-technique slants inside instead of slanting outside, all of a sudden that those, are, those are turning into big plays. And so they, were give, they gave up four plays of over 60 yards in the first two games. They've cut that out the last couple weeks, and they're playing much more sound football and that's allowed them to dominate on defense and allow them to get double-digit wins over Big Ten teams despite the fact that their name offense really isn't clicking like we thought it would at this point in time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Jack Cohn got knocked out of the game last week uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, what is the status on him as far as heading into Cincinnati? Still unknown as far as exactly if he's going to play. He's practiced all week. Brian Kelly said today that, that Jack Cohn and Drew Pine have kind of gone 50-50 on snaps this week. They are also getting Tyler Buckner back in the mix in regards to his that kind of niche role that he plays. But I think it's going to be a game-time decision. I personally would, would go with Pine. I don't want to take the chance of against a pretty good Cincinnati pass or some Jack Cohn getting further injured, and I think Drew Pine can run the off. From what Brian Kelly said, if Jack Cohn is healthy, you know, enough to play, he's going to start. And based on the fact that he's taken, you know, 50% of the reps this week, barring a setback, I would imagine he'll be in position to, to play this weekend. We just saw a game in Texas with SMU, a, a group of five team, and they go into Fort Worth and beat TCU and Gary Patterson, and, and it's a huge win for them and Sonny Dykes. Cincinnati now is uh, one of the new uh, members, eventually, of the Big 12, so they're, they're, they're kind of with some momentum. They're dangerous. 
Is this kind of the same game against Notre Dame? They're they're ranked higher, I think, than Notre Dame. But is is this that kind of a game where someone with a chip on their shoulder against uh, one of the Almighties? I think it's I think it's a much I think it's a similar matchup. I think it's similar talent level. And Cincinnati is not only ranked higher; Cincinnati is a two point favorite over Notre Dame, which actually surprised me. Notre Dame hasn't lost a home game since 2017, and that was a one point loss to Georgia. So I was surprised to see Cincinnati as a, as a, as a road favorite. I actually think a lot of those circumstances are, are, are working against Cincinnati this week. You know, the, the fear you have if you're Notre, a Notre Dame fan is that Notre Dame looks at Cincinnati, like you said, group of five, not a big-time program, you know, used to be in the Big East, you know, it's where Brian Kelly came from, and you run the risk of overlooking that program. But the fact that you're at home underdog, at, to Cincinnati, the fact that Cincinnati's quarterbacks out there saying, oh, the Notre Dame crowd's not going to be loud for very long. Cincinnati's chirping a lot. And I think what that has done is that's given Notre Dame something to make sure that they go into this game focused and ready to play. I mean, you're, you're basically telling us you're better than us. You're going to beat us on our home field. You're a two-point favorite. You know, I think that that really ticked the Notre Dame players off last week against Wisconsin being a touchdown underdog to Wisconsin, which I didn't understand. Now they're a home underdog to Cincinnati. Notre Dame is going to certainly bring their A game on Saturday. Now, will that be enough to beat Cincinnati? We'll find out. But I think this is going to be a very competitive matchup unless the Notre Dame offense can finally wake up. That's that's going to be the key for them. If the Notre Dame offense starts playing to its potential, you're going to see Notre Dame not only win this game, but you're going to see them go on a nice little run here. How much of an advantage does Marcus Freeman give them? You know, I think it gives. I think this it actually works out better for Notre Dame. I've tried to really think through this and kind of go back to when I was a coach and you you played against people that you know and things like that. And you know, obviously they're going to know what he likes to do and some of his tendencies. But he's got a whole different group of players and a whole different group of skill sets of what he's worked with. Whereas Cincinnati, you know, those guys they he knows exactly not only what they like to do but the players they're going to do it with. So I think there's a slight edge to Notre Dame. But at the end of the day. Once the whistle blows and once the game starts, it's going to be about execution, adjustment, you know, the players making plays and, and, and hopefully making the right calls. I think it's going to it's, – it's not going to be a huge difference. I, I think it, it helps, but, look, it, it doesn't turn a seven-point loss into a 14-point victory, right? I think it may help you with some stops here and there. But, you know, and then Mike Dembrock, the OC at Notre Dame, he knows Brian Kelly. He was one of Brian Kelly's groomsmen. He coached at Notre Dame. So there's a lot of that back and forth of we know you, you know us. It's just about who has the best game plan and which players execute it the best. I mean, that's, that's what football is always about at the end of the day. I uh, I may be wrong here. Brian, uh, again, Driscoll with us, uh, the Irish breakdown. Is this only the second time they've ever played? Yes, I believe the last time was in was like 1900. How can that possibly yeah, be? Only the- I would have thought they would have played like 40 times or so. Well, you know, Notre Dame has always been a kind of a program that's always prided itself on, you know, playing the big boys. And they had the Big Ten rivalries for a long time. And, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I've been a little surprised by it, too, simply because they were Big East rivals in, in other sports. You know, Notre Dame and Cincinnati were in the Big East together for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a little surprising, but it's, it's really never even been something that people mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never been something like, gee, why haven't we played Cincinnati? I mean, right. it, 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 is a, it, is a bit, it is a bit strange, but, you know, when Notre Dame plays local schools, I mean, they didn't start playing Mac schools really until kind of middle, you know, early Brian Kelly tenure. They, they, that's just something, for whatever reason, they, just, they never did. 
Yeah, I, I guess I'm because of how good Cincinnati or how much better they've been lately, I would have thought. Not, it, it makes sense because Notre Dame does play the national schedule as well. Uh, what was it like? It was Lambeau Field, right? Or no, Chicago. Was it Soldier. Chicago? Soldier Field. How much fun was that? No, you, it, it, I'll be honest, it, it's kind of old hat now. I, I know that sounds terrible and spoiled and all that, but you know, Notre Dame's played there before. They played against Miami in 2012. They they play in NFL stadiums all the time. It, it, honestly, from a covering the game standpoint, it's usually NFL stadiums have worse views for media than college stadiums. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't really like on the NFL stadiums. But, you know, this is kind of what Notre Dame does. They play in NFL stadiums every year. I think last year was the – the first time they didn't play in an NFL stadium in, a, in quite some time. Uh, and that's a lot of the Shamrock series has been about. So it, it's, it was nice to kind of have that game, a, a neutral field. I'm sure Wisconsin would have much rather had it at, at, uh, at Camp Randall. But last year's game was supposed to be at Lambeau. That's the game I was really hoping to be able yeah. to cover. Uh, they're going to play it again, I believe, in 2026. But, you know, that, that, that to me, that would have been different because it's a place that we've never been to before. It's not your normal place. It's not like MetLife, New Jersey, or, you know, Soldier Field, or Mercedes-Benz, or Jerry World, places that Notre Dame has played before. Uh, that Those are the ones, I think, that, that Notre Dame fans most look forward to. Like Las Vegas next year. They're going to play BYU in Las Vegas next year. I think that's probably a little bit more exciting than, you know, than, than playing in Soldier Field again. So Notre Dame just giving us a preview of all the new Big 12 schools coming up. Cincinnati, yeah. BYU, yeah. You know, the whole the yeah. whole. But Brian, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. When Baylor and Texas Tech started a series at Jerry's World, it was cool for like the first year, and then after that, it was like, man, this would be so much better in Waco and Lubbock, and and that's what they've they've you know returned to. But yeah, it kind of the novelty wears off after a while for sure. Well, I just think one of the things that makes college football great is the atmosphere, right? And, and being on campuses and things like that. And I think when you take that away, it just kind of takes away from what makes football great. Like, I don't want to see game day in the big noon kickoff in Chicago or New York City. I want to see them on a campus. Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that make college football very special and very unique. And like you said, it's cool at first. But after a while, it's like, okay, we've already been there. <laughs> we've already been there. We've already been there. Like, can we, can we, play, can we play on a campus? please. That would, that would be nice. Brian, I have one more question. We appreciate your time. Uh, Max Olson of theathletic.com is next. Uh, sometimes there's still the perception about Notre Dame football. They went through this funk and yet they've been to the playoff, what, two of the last three years and they're right smack in the middle of the conversation right now. Is that something that irritates Irish fan a little bit? It does to a degree, but honestly, I think a lot of Irish fans, why that was still there. But there are not a lot of teams that have been to the playoffs two of the last three years. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of teams that have done that plus played for BCS championship. But the reality is, is Notre Dame has yet to have a competitive game in those situations. And so, you know, when you give the people that maybe you think aren't, you know, pro Notre Dame or fair to Notre Dame, when you give them that kind of a red meat, what do you expect, right? I mean, you know, you beat Clemson last year. That gives you a little bit of a little bit of momentum, and then you go get beat you know, by 24 in the ACC title game when they get Trevor Lawrence back. So if you want to stop this mantra, if you want to stop this Notre Dame doesn't really belong and all this other stuff, which I don't buy, then go go win one of those games, right? That, that's what you got to do. Go win one, and then people won't talk about it. Or if they do talk about it, you can just kind of brush them off and laugh. But I think Notre Dame fans have the same frustration. Yeah, it's nice that you, you've been in the playoff two last three years. That's great. That's certainly better than where it was when they were in the wilderness for 30 years. But, okay, it's Notre Dame. It's now time to go win some of those games. And I think that's what Notre Dame fans want as well. So I think they're more understanding. of I, I think some of the national stuff gets frustrating because like, you know, they don't have speed and all these things are just like, 
you know, okay, hey, guys, this isn't 1997 anymore, right? Okay, there's a reason Notre Dame's putting all these guys high in the draft, right? This is one of Notre Dame's fastest teams, but then I read media reports about, oh, yeah, this is one of Brian Kelly's better teams. Yeah, this is one of Brian Kelly's best teams. It's just the offensive line is holding back. The offensive line starts playing good football. You're going to see this team take off because it's a very talented team. Hey, who would you rather be, a struggling offensive line for Notre Dame and 4-0 and or a struggling offensive line at Clemson to be 2-2? Two and two? Oh, I think we know the answer to that. Uh, we do. That's uh, That's been kind of hard to watch if you're a Clemson fan and hard, kind of shocking. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate your time, Brian. Just, Appreciate just you guys having me on. Irish breakdown. Uh, the 202 area code will be happy now. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.